Hello, everyone, and a warm welcome to the Ben Squared Christmas Special podcast. And by special, I mean I'll be asking our resident expert guest, uh, Invesco's Director of Macro Research, Ben Jones, to comment on the major market stories in just 10 minutes. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I guess it's largely the same, uh, but it's certainly a special time of year, isn't it? Uh, and Ben, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, how's your Christmas season going so far? Uh, it's going well, Ben. Lots of parties. Um, I would say um, I was hoping that we'd be slowing down right now and I'd get some time to take a little bit of stock. But unfortunately, um, sales guys still got me on the road, seeing clients, talking about markets. Through parties, a few, few parties thrown in there. So, um, but still very, very busy going into the end of the year. Good, well, good for you, Ben. And uh, yeah, I'm sure our clients will be delighted to see you at this special time of year. Uh, for our listeners' interest, I'm Ben Guttridge, resident host and director of uh, model portfolio services here at uh, Invesco. And actually, look, other than discussing uh, the latest market moves, I will be asking Ben to share his thoughts on the 2024, the raft of 2024 uh, outlook pieces uh, that have come out and really sort of focusing in on, on some of the sort of leading voices. Um, obviously, Ben is among that cohort, but will be dedicated a full episode to his views uh, for 2024 in our next recording, very early in the new year. Uh, but before we begin our investment discussion, of course, wanted to remind the audience that this podcast is intended for UK professional investors only, shouldn't be considered as investment advice, and that any capital invested is always capital at risk. Uh, finally, do hang on after our conversation is finished to hear some additional important disclaimers. Uh, so, Ben, as I said, before we review 2024 outlooks, a bit of a frenzy over the past week or so with like, markets, it seems, bringing forward uh, and raising their expectations for interest rate hikes. I mean, wh- what's driven this? Is it data, central bank action? You know, what, what, what is behind the market, um, uh, the market moves of late? Well, look, a little bit of everything that you just said there, but predominantly um, central bank rhetoric. Um, I think um, we were, many people were surprised by the Fed's rhetoric last week and the adjustment in the dots. Um, that certainly brought forward those expectations of cuts in 2024. And the um, dots, predomin- the, 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 uh the interest rate expectations for the central, the U.S. central bank, isn't it? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So the 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 expectations that the central bank um, uh, members um, forecast. Um, but I say, I mean, that that was a bit of a surprise. And I think, but I think the bigger bit of surprise is that there's a suggestion now that rate cuts can come just on the back of um, inflation getting more or less back to target, or at least continuing this disinflationary trend. Um, less of the sort of pushback that we need to see growth deteriorating, which I must admit was sort of my thought through 2023, that the, the pivot would come when um, growth started to deteriorate. But actually, you know what? Growth is holding up really quite well. We've had a strong GDP print in Q3. The, the nowcast data from things like the Atlanta Fed, for example, has picked up again more recently. So the growth in the US in particular is kind of okay, but the disinflationary trend is very much still there. And that seems to be enough for the Fed to do this pivot. Uh, and the final thing I'll say on this point is that I've, if people go back and listen to the podcast that you and I have recorded over the course of this year, you'll probably hear me a few times pushing back on the idea of pivot, uh, because we've seen something a little bit similar to this in uh, previous times over the course of the last year. Um, and I've said it doesn't really reflect a pivot, it more reflects sort of just a softening or a pause in rates. But actually, this time, I think pivot probably is the right word to use. Um, well, look, just want to be clear on this about sort of central bank communication and mm. the Fed. You know, clearly, as you said, like the Fed has, uh, to a degree, surprised markets with its seeming commitment to, to cutting next year and um, you know, this pivot. You know, what, what are we seeing from, from other major central banks? 
Well, yeah, look, it was a busy week for central banks last week. You had the Bank of England and the ECB um, as well. Um, and the, the Bank of England didn't have a press conference, but in their statement um, they, um, they released afterwards, they kind of stuck to the same hawkish tone. Now, obviously, that was only 24 hours after the, um, the Fed, so there wasn't really any chance for them to massively react to, to what the Fed did necessarily. Um, but I think it was quite telling that uh, not a lot in the language in the statement shifted, and certainly the balance of um, those voting for a, for a hike and a pause um, was exactly the same as it was in the previous um, meeting. The ECB was more interesting, though, because um, the guard um, following the meeting there really did insist um, that they're not coming anytime soon. Um, she said, we did not discuss rate cuts at all. No discussion, no debate on this issue. That was just not discussed. Pretty emphatic, really. Um, and I think that's interesting because if you look at both the ECB and the Bank of England, the growth profile, at least, um, is um, a lot worse than it is in the, um, in the US. Now, certainly in both of those areas, inflation is still higher than it is in the US. Um, but again, I would argue that it's coming down um, really quite quickly, and particularly if that growth backdrop is weaker, that should argue for, for disinflation. So I've kind of been of the view that really it should be the Bank of England, then the ECB, and then the Fed that cut, cut rates, but um, that's certainly now not what market pricing is telling us. And certainly the, um, the rhetoric out of those central banks is telling you something different. So that's certainly making me sort of pause, take stock and, and start to reassess my views a little bit. Well, such a juicy topic, but um, we, as I said, we can discuss this uh, in more detail in, in the new year as we look at your 2024 outlook. And we did promise we would also take a, a sort of sweeping review of uh, the 24 outlooks that are out there. Now, they may have been, you can tell us, they may have been adjusted uh, following more recent news. But what, what was your, during the time of reading them, what was your, what was your take and what would, what would you highlight for, for listeners? Yeah, it's been interesting. I mean, I've probably, what is it now, just over a month um, or so, um, I've been reading the year-ahead outlooks that have come through from the uh, sell side. Um, always interesting reading, always a lot of reading. Some of them are extremely long, I would say. Um, and I think, um, look, I was on the sell side for, for much of my career. I've been on the buy side for a couple of years. I think almost reading the sell side um, uh, out of the pieces is harder than, than writing them in some ways. Um, but what I would say is that the, there was a lot more variation than there was um, doing this exercise last year. I think if we went into 2023, most people were kind of at the view that there would be weakness in, in equity markets, growth would, would slow down um, in the first half and then start to, to rebound. Looking at the 2024 outlooks, there was a lot more variation. So you had a lot more people thinking that growth is going to be resilient, growth is going to be fine, the disinflation narrative is going to somewhat slow, uh, and that should be the case through sort of base effects and things like that. And that means that central banks would stay largely on hold all the way through 2024. And then there were others in the camp that were thinking, saying, actually, you know what, there is a recession just around the corner. And look, if we think back to history, when central banks start to cut rates, they cut deep and they cut um, rapidly. So you had some very deep central bank um, cuts forecast there. So the, the first thing I would say is from the early reading was there was a lot of variation in those, um, in those outlook pieces. Over the course of the last few weeks, we have seen um, those outlook pieces being revised. Um, some people revising sort of once or even twice their, their central bank forecasts and their equity um, views for 2024. And it would be really, it'd be quite um, flippant and easy for me to sort of laugh and poke fun 
those changes of, uh, of views so quickly on the year ahead outlook piece. But um, that would be completely unfair because, look, when the facts change, you should change your view. And the facts have changed really quite markedly in the last couple of weeks or so. Um, and that's why we're seeing those adjustments. So the, the general sort of trend has been to follow what central banks are saying. And more people are saying now, look, we, we think the soft landing is coming, but that isn't going to stop um, central banks from cutting rates because it looks like we've we've won the war on um, on, in, on inflation. Um, so, yeah, it looks like 2024 is is going to be the year when we get these sort of gradual um, rate cuts from central banks. Growth is going to hold up reasonably well, um, and um, that should mean risk assets perform reasonably uh, well as well. The only problem with that slight narrative is on the last point is that equity markets and, and duration has performed incredibly well over the course of November and into December. So there are people also now saying, well, yeah, that was kind of the narrative, but we've brought forward an awful lot of those returns. And I must say, I have quite a bit of sympathy with that because of some of the moves that we've seen in, in markets really are um, quite positive. Um, and the other change I think that is starting to come through is if we get this, this narrative playing out, that growth is kind of okay. Um, but rate cuts come forward. Um, what you'll also see is um, lending standards start to ease. And in fact, if you look at the most recent senior loan officer survey, you've already started to see, see those um, lending standards ease somewhat. That should be an environment that's probably a little bit better for um, small cap stocks um, as well, which haven't performed uh, well relative to their larger cap brethren over the course of 2024, uh, 2023. Sorry. Um, so a lot more people talking about that kind of rotation, a, a change of leadership um, taking place in 2024 compared to 2023. So, um, yeah, lots to read. Interesting times. Um, the one thing I can say with absolute certainty, and I know there's generally no certainties in, in this industry, but with absolute certainty, it's going to be um, an interesting 2024. Your, your Christmas spirit shining through there, Ben. So forgiving to the street for having to review uh, their outlook pieces. But is it not just hilarious? Do they just not do this every year that uh, their outlook pieces are out of date by the time the year in which they're written has, uh, has come to an end? So just weeks, months later. That's true, yeah. And, and look, I think, I mean, I think one of the criticisms I think is a bit fair is some of the year, the year ahead outlooks when they, they stamp these um, sort of titles on them. Perhaps they shouldn't be done in, in November. I think that's perhaps uh, what I would say, but sort of towards the uh, the middle part of December would be better. But the problem is then we would get this sort of big deluge in our inbox. I'd have more to read in a short yeah, yeah. of time, so that would perhaps be harder. Um, but you're but no, look, I mean, it's a good time to take stock and it's a good time to, to uh, and we should always be revising our views all the time. But, uh, but yeah, it, it is a little bit, bit amusing, but I think everybody looks at them and reads them and to be honest, writes them um, with that frame of mind, knowing that, um, that things change. But that, that, those reviews, the, the general reviews post uh, the, the central bank communicate or the Fed's pivot yeah. uh, has been a positive one for equities and uh, and duration bonds, is it, or do you think the returns have been had so there actually hasn't been much of a, a, of a, re, a revision to return expectations? Well, I mean, it's a bit of so actually expectations for um, sort of year-end targets for 2024 have gone up in terms of equities and um, returns on duration have gone up as, as well. But the problem is, obviously, your your starting point as you go into 2024 yes. is that a little bit higher as well because of the moves that we've seen in um, equities. I mean, we're what? I think it's about 2% off the all-time high in the S&P 500, for example, as we, we close out this year. So, um, yeah, because we've had such a strong um, Santa rally, which is a 
again, seasonally, typically what we, we normally see. Um, it just means your starting point is that higher. But, so, but certainly, yeah, re- revisions have been going up um, at, the, um, at the same time. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting 2024. Um, there's certainly there's opportunities there, um, and um, a lot of people also, I suppose, talking about more opportunities within markets for more um, selection, more diversification, as opposed to necessarily saying this is going to be the year when you get this really sort of strong um, beta beta rally. Um, if you will. Um, that said, there are one or two people out there that are calling for the hard landing and telling us that the um, the recession is just deferred and it is going to come. And, and what I will say is if the recession does appear um, and growth does tank, then, then obviously that is going to be a very challenging environment for um, uh, for stocks, obviously a better environment for um, for, for growth in, um, in 2024. Um, and that's probably also an environment where um, if inflation is certainly coming down as well in that environment, then the bond equity correlation dips back into negative territory. That's been the challenge for 2023, hasn't it, that we've had that positive correlation. So people are looking for that um, correlation to shift back to something more um, normal in terms of sort of the um, uh, medium term history, should we say. Okay, well, let's not give too much away for uh, your 2024 outlook piece. We'll look forward to discussing that uh, and getting uh, insight, more deeper insight into your views. But look, thanks, Ben. Uh, really look forward to discussing that with you in, in a couple of weeks' time. But uh, until then, wishing you a great holiday season. Wish the same for our audience, of course, and to thank them for their interest and support throughout uh, our first year. Uh, I'd like to leave you all with a more emotional message, but hopefully the delivery of the following very important disclaimers will be enough of an appreciation. Um, to our audience, uh, the value of investments and any income will fluctuate. This may partly be the result of exchange rate fluctuations and investors may not get back the full amount invested. This podcast is intended for UK professional clients only and is not for consumer use. Views and opinions are based on current market conditions and are subject to change. This is marketing material and not financial advice. It is not intended as a recommendation to buy or sell any particular asset class, security or strategy. Regulatory requirements that require impartiality of investment or investment strategy recommendations are therefore not applicable, nor are any prohibitions to trade before publication issued by Invesco Asset Management Limited, authorised and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority.